Hello, and welcome to the show. My name is Andrea Rojas, and on this episode, we'll be talking to my aunt, Susan Bruce, about her major life shift recently. She is making a move from Ohio to North Carolina. She's doing this in the middle of a pandemic, which makes it a unique and interesting situation. Because of the nature of COVID, we were not able to meet in person, so the interview was conducted over Zoom. Let's get into the show. I'm Sue Bruce. I am um, a pharmacist, a college professor, Andrea's aunt, uh, a dog owner, a quilter, and I'm happy to be here today. So you are currently in the process of moving um considering everything going on that seems a little bit crazy um before all of this happened though what was your normal life like in general sure so i um teach at a college of pharmacy and so um, my job is split between having some administrative responsibilities and um teaching and um, the College of Pharmacy at Northeast Ohio Medical University has been in existence for 12, 13 years. And I helped to build it, um, not from the very beginning, but pretty darn close to the beginning. And so life was filled with um, spending time on campus, meeting with students, helping to revise our curriculum, making sure our program was successful, um, all good things. And um, <laughs> Then, then COVID happened, and uh, we made a decision overnight to basically move our courses online. So the president made the decision at, at 7 o'clock Tuesday night that we were going online 8 o'clock Wednesday morning. And so we flipped, and we made it happen, and our students successfully completed the spring semester, um, graduated on time, so that was all good. And then we've been continuing the um remote version through the fall, even though not everything can be remote. We have some things that need to happen in person. So um, during the pandemic, the first few months, we were home 100% of the time, but now we're splitting our time between being on campus and being um, at home, which is different. It's different to not see the students there all the time. Some Many are taking their classes remotely, or they may come in for testing purposes, or some of the activities that we just can't recreate remotely. Um, so it's changed the dynamic a bit, which I worry about just n- not having the kind of person to person interaction, but we're working through that. Yeah. A lot of colleges seem to be struggling with finding that balance at the moment. It's mm-hmm. really, really hard. Um, how long were you with that university? Neomed, um, I've been there for 12 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much since the beginning. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Um, do you think that this new process is working? Um, like, do you think you've made like good shifts? Um, I don't know that we know yet. I think, I think we're making do, um, but I don't know that it's the right way to go. Um, there's so much that you just can't recreate through zoom. You know, there's so much to being in the classroom and having the the interaction and the discussion in class that, uh, we we lose a little bit by by Zoom, and I don't know that we're doing enough to help support our students through the the stressors that they have with all of this. You know, we have some students that are parents, so how can they balance their schoolwork while they have kids that are home 
that they're trying to help them with their schoolwork. And I mean, there are just so many variables thrown in there that we're doing the best that we can right now, but I don't know that we're doing everything that we, we know we should be doing probably because we don't know everything we should be doing at this point. We're just trying mm-hmm. to survive through it. Um, with the job shift, uh, do you think you're going to be able to, can, you're probably going to hit those same walls, the same problems. Do you think you're going to be able to work through it with new people and build on new ideas? Yes. So, um, so starting in January, I will transition to a new role in North Carolina at Wingate University, <coughs> excuse me, the school of pharmacy. And, um, I'll be in a position there where, where I can have more, um, influence and control over how things go. So um, I'll step into the role of Dean at the School of Pharmacy. And right now I'm a senior associate Dean, which is um, primarily an administrative position. I oversee curriculum. I oversee the Doctor of Pharmacy program. Um, In that role as Dean though, I'll be able to have um, some broader influence over the program and help lead the team that's there toward a successful curriculum and student outcomes. So it's not that I don't have influence here. I do, but I'm not the final decision maker like I would be there. So um, some of the ideas and things that I would advocate for here that my boss doesn't agree with, I wouldn't have to worry about that. (laughs) And I could help move things forward there. So the team at Wingate is um, a a highly talented, um, super motivated group of people that are looking for new leadership and looking for new opportunities to contribute and advance their program. So I don't think the, I don't think I'll have trouble um, encouraging the team to be innovative and creative in their work. I think it's just a matter of like giving them permission to do it. Was there ever um, like a real clash of ideas and what you think is right between you and leadership? Oh yeah. We just had a a disagreement yesterday. (laughs) So we're also trying to figure out what to do with the two weeks after Thanksgiving. And um, we're struggling because we're sending mixed messages to our students, which is kind of frustrating. So we're telling them, sure, it's okay for you to go home for Thanksgiving. But when you come back, we don't want you in the classroom because who knows, you know, what you were exposed to at home. But for testing, we want you to come in and test and we're going to put you all in the same classroom and have you take a test here. And it's like, but... How do you reconcile that mixed message? Why are we, why are we telling students they need to come back? Um, it's not safe for them to come back to class, but it is safe for them to all be in the same room while they're testing. And what it boils down to is there's a cost associated with remote testing that people don't want to pay. But in the grand scheme, it's a relatively small amount compared to everything that we're going through with um, COVID right now. And is that is the risk of putting everybody in the same room really worth it when we don't know what the variables are going to be. So we're still trying to sort that out, but yeah, that's an example. <laughs> Do you think that's also going to be a problem at Wingate? Um, maybe not because I'll have a little more control over the budget and can help advocate for where dollars are spent mm-hmm. where right now I don't have any of that budget control. When did you decide to look for a new job? So I was aware of this opportunity back in January and I sat on it for a little bit because I was trying to decide, okay, if I, if I, if I pursue talking to them, I need to be serious about making this transition if it's going to happen. And I, 
um, have had an interest in Wingate. I actually talked to them before I came here to Ohio to see if there were opportunities 12 years ago and there weren't. Um, but I've always been kind of interested in them as a, a smaller university, private school. Um, there's a difference being in a public school like I am right now and being in a private school because the state budget controls a lot of what you're able to do, where at a private school it doesn't. And um, when the opportunity presented, I thought long and hard about it, and I was debating whether or not I wanted to talk to them, recognizing that it could be a good opportunity, and you know, it was I was I ready to consider it. So in February, in March, early March, I actually had conversations with the chair of the search committee to understand what the opportunity was, what they're what they were looking for. And um, everything was going along very well in terms of the early conversations and then COVID hit. And I sent a note to say, I'm sorry, but I really need to focus on the team at Neomed right now, not knowing where this was going, not knowing kind of what our student situation was gonna look like, how we were gonna help them finish out, you know, stay on track and finish out their semester. I thought I need to put all of my effort into Neomed right now to, to navigate this. And so <clears throat> once the spring semester was over in May, um, and this, this opportunity had always been in the background of my mind. And I was thinking through like, okay, is this something really to pursue? Is now the time to even think about this? You know, the uncertainty of everything with COVID, is it really time to make a life change? <laughs> it sounded crazy. Like yeah. really with all the uncertainty, you're just going to pick up and move. But, you know, I just had it in the back of my mind that all will be as it should be. If this is supposed to be the, the opportunity that I pursue, then all will be as it should be. It'll work itself out. So after the spring semester, I was back in touch with the chair of the search committee and um, we you know, picked up conversation about where, where this was. And I had a Zoom interview with the search committee, which was kind of weird just to have, you know, 20 faces on the screen of an interview instead of being in person. And that went very well. And then the, the topic of having an on-campus interview came up and it was weird to figure out when could, when could we actually plan for an on-campus interview? What do the numbers look like? Do we need to quarantine, you know, on the way there, on the way back, whatever, you know, all that's going to look like. So in August, I went and interviewed, um, they have two campuses, one in Hendersonville, which is near Asheville, and then one in Wingate, which is outside of Charlotte. So I went to interview at both places and the interview went really well. It's a great team. It's a great opportunity and um, came back and the provost called and offered the job at the end of the week. And um, I accepted and it's all it's all good with a start date in January. And so it was a, it was a really long process. But I think considering what was going on, it was a necessary process to really think through all of this and really make the, the decision you know, it considering everything else that's going on, am I really going to pick up and move? And what does that look like? And at the end of the day, it became um, a pretty straightforward decision and that this was a great opportunity. I saw how I could contribute to their team. And yes, it meant selling a house and buying a house and moving and, and all of that. But the opportunity itself was strong that it, despite the pandemic, it felt like it was the right thing to do. Other than some of those factors, was there anything in your personal life or in previous career life um, that pushed you in any one direction? 
it was it was a hard personal decision too because I really I really like where I live. I I like my friends and neighbors. Um, I enjoy Ohio and um, I feel settled. And so the thought of uprooting all of that was really um, something I had to seriously consider. I I work for a non with a nonprofit, Project Linus, which provides handmade blankets to kids in need. And I had to think long and hard about whether or not I was ready to step away from that. And fortunately, they're a national organization, so I can contribute still, but I just don't have the coordinator role like I do here. Um, it was it was a tough decision. I didn't share with too many people that I was even considering it until I think I finally started telling people about a week before I interviewed. So all of these months that I was thinking about it, no one knew but me. <laughs> and part of it was I needed to figure this out for myself. I didn't need the influence of other people trying to convince me to stay or convince me to go. I needed to work through it for myself and see that, you know, every career move for me has always been a geographic move. And sometimes the opportunity presents itself and maybe not the ideal situation, but the timing. So maybe during a pandemic is not an ideal time to consider a life change or a move, but it was the right decision for me. Um, considering everything else that's going on. Seems like you have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when I start anyway. <laughs> Just thinking about any of that is intimidating as a sophomore in college. And, mm-hmm. um, so obviously you've moved uh, before any kind of pandemic. Do, has it looked different? considering the pandemic what's changed yeah so the process itself is different now because they you know they have to be mindful of people coming through the house um, whether you're buying or selling and some um, realtors are locking down like it it can only be one family coming through at a time Um, others feel more comfortable doing open houses where you can have multiple people walking through but it's really you know it's up to the, the realtor to decide that one thing that I the process itself is stressful, no matter how many times you go through it. But one thing that I found to appreciate more this time around is so much of the paperwork is electronic, where before you had to sign off on all, literally sign off on all these different pieces of paper, where now it's a a click digitally, or I'll get emails to say you have a new document to review or sign, and I can complete them that way. So that has actually helped to make the process a little smoother even though it's still a stressful um, challenge. <laughs> but the, there's the other variables in the situ, you know, in the house buying or house selling um, situation right now is that interest rates are at an all-time low. So people are, and the fact that there's a pandemic, people are spending more time at home and they're looking to um, maybe upgrade or enhance what they have at home knowing that they're spending more time at home. So people are looking for houses more than, than in normal times, which, you know, if you're in a house that's, you know, a certain price range and you can get lower interest rates, you could, you could find another house that's maybe a step up and not pay all that much more. And then the domino begins where you've got people constantly buying and selling houses. So it's been a competitive market, which, um, I guess I should have expected, but on the selling end, that worked in my favor. So I listed the house on a Friday and um, over the weekend, I had 10 showings, three offers, and the house was under contract by Sunday night. 
But on the buying end, it's not that easy. So the first house I looked at, I put in an offer only to find out I was one of 10 offers. So the chances of me getting that house were slim to none. Fortunately, the house I found um, wasn't fully listed yet. The the sellers were intending to list it, but it had not come to market yet. So I was able to basically make um, an offer to them before the house was formally listed, which allowed me to secure that house. Otherwise, I don't know what I would have done because you know the um, one thing that I learned was working against me in their market was that this house has not literally sold yet. It's under contract and everything's moving in the direction that it'll sell and close in early December. But because it has not actually happened, that works against me when I'm buying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? Sell this house, be homeless for a month or two until I can figure out you know, someone's willing to accept my offer and then move in while I'm starting a new job? That seems awful. Yeah, <laughs> it does not seem fun. Wow, that yeah, it's a lot to balance. I mean, that those timelines always seem like really, really stressful between finding a new place and figuring out what to do with the the last one. And yes, oh, I can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And then you know, just part of the process is with inspections. So Mm -hmm. the inspection on this house was done, and the buyers asked for certain things to be done. So I've been ticking those off the list. Um, the inspection for the new place came in this week. And so we're putting in the request for everything that needs to be done on that end. And it's just, you know, I feel, I feel the pressure of time because I'm supposed to be out of this house by the end of November, mm-hmm. which means all of those things need to be fixed and, and signed off on that they're done. Then I need to pack everything up. Then I need to have movers come. Then, you know, it, all of the things that need to happen. It, it's like, oh my goodness, it's November. What? I don't, mm-hmm. I run out of time. <laughs> Yeah, and it's already, what, November 4th, so time's taken. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Wow. Um, do, have you already started packing? Mm-hmm. What have you yes. managed to figure out so far? I, I've i gone through a lot of stuff, and um, I've thrown out – well, I, let me back up. So when this whole pandemic started and I was home, um, knowing that this was going on – as a possibility, I, I was trying to make the most of the time I had at home. And I started going through things back in March, um, going through either rooms or closets and looking at things with a different eye. One, you know, it's a good chance to, to go through and figure out if there are things to donate, if there are things to throw away, do you really need to keep what you have? Um, but in the back of my mind, I was also thinking, depending on where this goes, this could be, this could lead to a move at some point, which means you need to get everything out of the house. And that helped me. I didn't get as far as I had hoped. Um, March, April, May, I spent a lot of time doing home stuff. And then in June, it just kind of fell off. Um, so when the when the offer was accepted in August and I knew I was moving, then it was, okay, time to really think about this. And I was looking at things with a different eye. Um, it's one thing to just pack up what you see and say, I'll take it all with me or I'll figure it out there. Um, when you have to move it, there's a, there's almost a critical eye. Like, do I really need to take this with me or should I leave it? Yeah, I've, I've never actually, I don't remember the move that we made because I was maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never really, I mean, with college and stuff, there is definitely some of that. Um, what do I bring with me? But I can leave a lot of it at home. So I don't really, that kind of stress even what feeling it with college is it's definitely a couple degrees lower than 
than packing up everything. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to say your mom and, um, and Carol were great with having a different set of eyes looking at the same stuff mm-hmm. I'm looking at. So, um, I was cracking up your, your mom was in the basement and, um, she pointed to this old sewing machine that, um, I've moved and it, I always moved it with the intention. I want to, you know, refurbish it and put it back together. And it just sits in the basement. So she pointed to it and she said, you're getting rid of that. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I've always intended to redo it. And she goes, look, you moved it twice. I moved it three times. I think we're done with it. I'm like, she's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, having a different set of eyes come in and look at stuff gives you some perspective. Like, yeah, I probably would have just moved it a third time. And then maybe a fourth time and a fifth time, never really stopping to say, okay, you're not intending to do anything with it. So just get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're also moving with four dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that going to look like? That's going to be interesting. So um, when we were, when things were happening with the house, whether it was selling or like showing the house or pictures being taken or whatever it was, I, we had to get out of the house. So I loaded the four dogs into the car and we sat in a park and not, they didn't get out of the car. We sat in the car in a park and just kind of waited, excuse me, until we had, um, until we could come back home. So they're, they're good about being in the car. They just chill, take a nap, look out the window. Um, the next adventure will be when we're traveling eight hours to officially move and they're in the car with me. So I'm concerned about one of them. Fiona's 14 and she's, she, I'm, I'm concerned of the stress that this will have on her. Um, she's showing all signs that she's hanging in there. So I'll, I'll help her make the move, but I do worry that um, it will be stressful for her. So the new the other dogs will ha- handle it. Okay. I think they will. They'll be a little nervous at first, just not knowing what's going on. <clears throat> We're going to stay at uh, <laughs> Anna and Pop Pop's house for a little bit. So we'll see what that looks like with five dogs there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll, you know, I, I think one of the adjustments I'll need to make is I'm used to having the invisible fence here. So I just open the door and let them out and they do their mm-hmm. thing. Well, uh, it's not going to be that easy. So yes, they have a fence, Nana and Pop-Pop have a fence and the, they can put the flags out and we can retrain them. But I, not being familiar territory, I don't trust that they're going to be okay at first. It, it's going to take some time to make sure they know their boundaries. But then in the new house, um, there is a small white fence in the backyard that's intended for dogs, but not an invisible fence. So where we're here, I can open the front door. I can open the back door. It doesn't matter because they're all, you know, within the fence down there. I can't let them out the front door because there's no fence in the front yard. So trying to retrain me until I figure out what I'm doing with a, um, a fence down there. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that they'll come back if they get out. I, I think they're... I know they're not trained <laughs> and so things like that I worry about but the, I think once once we get there and once that house becomes um, familiar to them I think they'll be fine. Um, were there any uh, complications that you anticipated uh, or things that you didn't really have on your radar and then you started considering them after the fact or that surprised you? I think one of the one of the biggest challenges that weighed heavily on me um, 
in the in the decision making process is that I work with a great team at Neomed. I uh, uh, they're highly successful, highly motivated individuals who take their work seriously, but they don't take themselves seriously. So we have a lot of fun together. And not seeing them every day was really something that was hard for me to think about. And um, I didn't want to let them down by stepping away from the team. And it was um, it was a hard decision to think about. But I, as hard as it is for all of us, they also recognize that this is a great opportunity for me. And so they're sad that we won't be together anymore, but they're happy for me. And oops, I have a... There we go. There was a call coming through and it swept away from my Zoom screen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that I think is one one consequence of this decision that's hard. It's like leaving a family behind. Yeah. Especially when you work with people for that long. There's definitely a cohesion that you just, you, you can't really replace that. Yes. Um, are you excited to try to build that with, with this new team? I am. And the time that I had with them during an inter- during the interview, it, we all got along so well and I could sense the same type of um, collaboration amongst them where they, they take their work seriously, but they also have fun together. And they were joking around and they were, you know, talking about their personal friendships as well. So it was nice to see that the team there seems to have a similar kind of personality. It might make the transition easier then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think you're going to miss most about Ohio? Um, what will I miss most? Definitely the people <clears throat> between my neighbors and my coworkers um, and the friends I've established here. I moved here knowing pretty much nobody. Mm-hmm. So to build up the network over 12 years of friends and, and coworkers, that's been, that's been great. Um, this sounds silly, but I'll say it anyway. I think I'm going to miss four seasons. (laughs) You know, as much as I don't like the snow up here, I think not having snow is probably going to bother me a little bit. I mean, and I, I get that they have dustings of snow, but there's something, there's something nice about the middle of winter where you're just, you know, snuggled up under a blanket, having a cup of coffee and just hibernating that I enjoy. But at the same time, I'm kind of okay to walk away from snow. So we'll see. We'll see what I do. They love the snow. (laughs) So so they're going to miss that. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. At least it's not a mess you have to clean up when they come back in. That's right. That's right. I think the other piece that, um, that I'll miss is kind of the comfort of the known. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm walking into the unknown and I have an idea of what this is going to look like, but it's a whole new job. It's all new people. It's a new house. It's a new community. It's like, I've done this before, but there's always some um, anxiety, I guess, about what you don't know or how this is all going to work out. And it's all going to work out fine, but because we're not there yet, it makes it hard to step into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it you get, I don't know, I tend to get worried about the what ifs and it's like, it'll all work out. Just let it be. <laughs> uh, on the flip side, um, instead of the sad things you're going to miss, what are you most looking forward to? Like new opportunities, new places to explore? What, what are you excited for? I'm excited for a new opportunity. Um, I see a lot of potential with this role and a lot of potential with this university that 
they're the energy and excitement I felt when I interviewed there reminds me of when I came to Neomed where we were building, we were growing. Um, there was a lot of enthusiasm for the future. And I, I felt that when I was down there, they're a growing university. They want to do more. And, um, the provost who is the person I'll be reporting to is new to the university as well. And he has so many great ideas for where it could go. So like the the opportunity and, and something new was exciting. I also like the idea of being um, in a warmer climate in, you know, having more sunshine. There's, it's a lot of cloudy days in Ohio. <laughs> so I do like the idea of having more sunshine. I like the idea of being closer to the, to the beach or the, you know, the ocean. So you can make a weekend trip to go out there. Um, Asheville, I've only been through Asheville, well, once when I drove through to interview and then visiting one time years ago, the mountains are beautiful. And I look forward to having the opportunity, even long weekends or, you know, going to explore um, North Carolina further, whether it's the mountains or the beach, Outer Banks, mm -hmm. you know, exploring some of the, the places that would just be a drive away. Mm -hmm. are, are there like hobbies in particular that you think you'll have more opportunity for, like if you like hiking or something like that, the mountains. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, to, to explore the mountains a bit more, go go hiking and um, some of the trails, that would be awesome. I would love that. What do you think? Um, are you going to actually cycle or are you going to stick with the uh, the at-home bike? That's a, With better weather, I could probably be outside more often too. Yeah, would you I, prefer that? That's a good question. I guess it depends on what I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a workout and just getting it done and moving on with my day, then I'd probably use the, the bike here. But if I'm looking for the opportunity to get out with nature, explore a little bit, clear my mind, see the scenes, then I would probably be more likely to hop on the outdoor bike. Um, I think that is about all that I have for you. Excellent. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for talking. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.